Hello there and welcome to the podcast. It's John Markar here and I thought I'd just jump in with a very quick but very important message that I wanted to share with you before you delve into this episode of the Driven Chat podcast. This podcast, the Driven Chat podcast, has now come to an end. But don't worry, I'm not going to stop you from listening to this episode or from catching up with the 185 episodes that we've recorded in this format. I just wanted to let you know that if you're looking for our new episodes recorded after December 2023, then you'll need to seek out our new podcast, The Driven Podcast. You can find The Driven Podcast in all the usual podcast platforms, including, chances are, the one that you're listening to this one on right now. So please do enjoy this episode, share it with a friend by all means. But when it's done, don't forget to search for the new podcast, The Driven Podcast, and subscribe to the new format to hear the new stuff. To make life easy, head on over to the Driven website via driven.site. There you will find links through to the new podcast, including links to your preferred podcast platform. And hey, whilst you're there, why not check out everything else we do, including hand-picked automotive news stories, car and bike reviews, video features, and even more. For now, though, I'll let you enjoy this episode. And I will remind you again at the end of the episode, but for the future reference, this message is approximately 1 minute and 30 seconds long. That's six clicks on the 15-second skip button. Enjoy. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. It's the first Driven Chat of 2021. Hello to you, my lovely listening friends. I say my, you're not here for me. You're here for Amy and John, and Amy and John are here. Woohoo! How are you doing? Amy Shaw. <laughs> Let's start with Amy. How are you, Amy? You okay? I'm very, very well. Thank you very much, Andy J. Uh, yeah, no, just getting into the new year and excited for, for what's to come, really. I mean... People would say it can't get much worse. Don't, I would say, let's not, let's not jinx it. <laughs> let's, not, let's not even utter those words. John Marker, how are you doing, Sunshine? How are you doing? Happy New Year to, to you and all that are listening. Happy New Year. It's, uh, Do you know what? I, I, I am going to give some good news out. Because I think it's, you know, well, like we, we, launch, we launch into 2021. So here's some good news. Even though this is our first, out of the three of us, our first remote Driven Chat podcast recording experience because we're being COVID compliant, of course. And we hope that doesn't affect the audio quality. It's blame John if it does. <laughs> um, what I will say is in the next few weeks, we have some really cool guests to bring you. These include Formula One world champion Jensen Button. Ooh. I'm excited for that one. Uh, the magnificent Ant Anstead, the mechanic behind Wheeler Dealers and For the Love of Cars, just top, top man. We have the incredible Magnus Walker. We have the dudes behind the best automotive podcast on the planet, Smith & Sniff, uh, etc. We've got some cool people lined up, haven't we, John? We I have. can see from John's we face, we're missing, out, oh, we're missing out the influencers. Mr. JWW, yeah. Shmi150, yeah. some great people. Yeah, yeah. We really have lined up some, some cool people and a lot of these people are... 
they, they kind of came to us as well, which is really cool. So as opposed to us kind of chasing after guests and saying, please, can you come on our podcast? Yeah, we're, we're, they're coming to us as well, which is brilliant. And uh, yeah, it's really, really exciting. And, and yeah, as Andy's pointed out, we are now talking to you through uh, a, new, a new way, uh, whereas we'd usually be all sat in the same room together. We are currently remote. Um, so this is this is the world now, you know. Uh, Zoom calls and FaceTime is is no new thing to people anymore. But this is the way we're recording, so hopefully it does sound all right. And as Andy says, if it doesn't, then just blame me. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I, I also want to use this opportunity talking about future guests. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a challenge in Amy's direction, and I I think it will be impossible, incidentally. But I know that in Amy's phone book, she's got the number for JK. Jamiroquai, he's got a really cool car collection. And I'm, I'm sure like, he's not going to say yes, but I'd still love it if, if we could get JK. I've started pestering him a little bit, and so I've just backed off from the pestering a little while, but I might have to pick it back up again now that it's a new year and all that. <laughs> or if a time at yeah. well, you know, a good Saturday night or something, I might get a, a, a slightly merry yes. So, um, no, I will. I'll work on that. Uh, do you know, I think he missed a trick as well, because, you know... Obviously, lovely Sophie Ellis-Bexter, who came on, on the show last year, who was brilliant, and we, we thought she, she's amazing. She did so well entertaining people from her kitchen. JK has got so many amazing hits, right? And I imagine, I imagine his house has got a dance floor somewhere. <laughs> oh, I, there's definitely a disco ball in every room. And if there isn't, I'll be upset. Isn't there, though? So he could totally have just kind of, I mean, done a live stream every now and again of some cool hits. I would have thought so. But does he need just to? No That's idea. the thing, you know, he's sat there going, oh, I've done it now. It's not, it's not about need, John. I'm just trying to put ideas in Amy's head. <laughs> so, so, Jay, can we join you for a disco? <laughs> I would like to see your disco balls. It's what? <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's taken a turn. It's taken a turn. And as always, when it gets slightly rude, John does not approve. <laughs> Welcome to 2021, folks. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, happy days. Happy days. Look, we haven't really talked about cars yet. No, that's okay. Cars. That's okay. We've, <laughs> we've got a uh, we've got a whole pre-recorded uh, conversation about cars coming up very very shortly. You could say it's about collecting cars. Whoa, there's a tangent. Wow. Because <laughs> if you hadn't guessed, dear listener, uh, from the title of this podcast uh, today, we are talking to two really really amazing gentlemen. Um, this was a conversation that. I had along with Amy, Andy, you were out and about doing something else very exciting, which we will talk about after this podcast, so after this interview. So stay tuned, dear listener, to the end, because there is going to be something uh, that you want to hear about. Uh, and that thing is, it, at the time, took Andy out of the conversation. But yeah, Amy and I went along to a lovely swanky office in London, just near Putney Bridge, to talk to the founders of CollectingCars.com and uh, two very interesting chaps, one called David Edmondson, or Edmonston, I should say, and uh, one called Edward Lovett, both who are quite famous in their own world. From, um, from Ed's side, he's, a, he's from a family of car dealers. If you've heard of Dick Lovett, it's, it's the Lovett family, um, who are famous for selling lots of fantastic cars. And David Edmondston, who is, uh, or was, I should say, the founder of Pistonheads.com, which was ultimately a platform that, 
changed the way that people consumed automotive media. Um, it, you know, it was revolutionary. So David and uh, Ed have now clubbed together, and obviously there's a, a few other famous voices and faces that you've heard of that are also involved in CollectingCars.com. But it was David and Ed that we had a conversation with, which was absolutely brilliant. But yeah, we'll jump into that interview very shortly. Um, it's a website that we're all guilty of doing a lot of window shopping on. I know that, Andy, you've, you've put some bids in on the site, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, you're not supposed to say that, but yes, <laughs> yes I have. <laughs> I have, uh, yeah, I've been caught up in the frenzy a couple times and been relieved. Like, you know that thing. Like, I'm not a big eBay person. I know, Amy, you buy your cars on eBay, which I find incredible. <laughs> I, I, can't buy, I can't buy something unless I haven't, you know, unless I've driven it. But, like, I won't even buy you know, staplers on, on eBay. <laughs> staplers? What a staplers. random thing to come up with. You're very good Golf at your balls. office Disco supplies. balls. I don't know. Where, Whatever. Where do you buy yeah. your staplers then? <laughs> I like, well, I'm anxious about this episode sounding like an advert, John, so I'm not going to talk about... <laughs> <laughs> not going to talk about shops that is or a good websites. Point. That is a good point. Because, but yes, yeah. no, I have, I have, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, you you will hear that the conversation it does sound a bit adverty, and uh, you will. Um, I'm I'm sure Ed Lovett will be listening to this, and we'll, we'll chuckle along. Ed's obviously a salesman, um, and does a very good job at selling <laughs> collecting cars. So I promise you, this isn't sponsored content. We uh, it, it isn't supposed to be a massive advert for collectingcars.com, uh, but it. it Sounds a bit like it, but you'll enjoy it anyway. You know? <laughs> and yeah, if you you've like... Just, you've just raised an idea there, John. Cool. You know, they could. I mean, if, if they'd like to sponsor the Driven Chat podcast, well, you know, I, get, get in touch. I, I have a feeling they have their own podcast, which might... They do. Yeah, I, I think they do. I think it's quite successful. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of it. I don't know what you're about. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to advertise that podcast, that's for sure, because they get an awful lot of listeners. I mean, I've just uh, gone onto the website myself and browsing through what's currently up for, for auction. There's a real range of stuff, which, uh, you know, Marco, I can see you in that 2007 Super Impreza. Pro Drive, Hawkeye Impreza. Mm -hmm. Would, wouldn't mind that as a winter daily. I mean, can we see Andy J in the, the, the 1987 Peugeot 205? 205 GTI 1.9? Yeah. That would suit you. Actually, yeah. Yeah, I could do that. My eyes, yeah. personally, are on this lovely 1955 Maserati 125 motorcycle. The T2 Turismo. T2 Turismo Veloce. Perfect. Yeah. Isn't I mean, it's going to be slow great? as hell, but... <laughs> it's fine. We're not going anywhere now, are we? True. <laughs> so slow, you don't need to go anywhere. Exactly. That's your justification for buying it. Just have to go to my one stop around the corner to get my milk, and that's it. <laughs> You'd be quicker walking. <laughs> Well, how about we dive into that conversation now? We can talk to Edward and David and then stay tuned, dear listener, to find out why Andy J was not in this conversation in a little bit. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. So here we are. You are listening to the Driven Chat Podcast. And right now you're listening to myself, John Marker, and sat beside me is Amy Shaw. Hello, Miss Marker. Hello, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Good. Very good. good. Very good. Amy and I have driven down from the Midlands today to a part of the country I know very, very well. We're currently sat in an office that I've driven past on a daily commute, I would guess, about a thousand times uh, because we are in Putney. We're at Putney Bridge. And sat opposite me is a Mr. Edward Lovett and a Mr. David Edmondson from CollectingCars.com. Thanks for having us. Pleasure. So, Ed, you got in contact with us and asked if we fancy having a chat, and of course the answer was yes. You guys, uh, yourself, Ed, along with Chris, do a fantastic podcast, uh, which I've consumed over many, many hours and many long drives, and it's very, very enjoyable. So it's an absolute pleasure to be 
to be here. Uh, but of course, we're not here to talk about your podcast, we're here to talk about collecting cars as a subject. And I think it's a website which is utterly fantastic. I've probably lost just as many hours browsing and window shopping on collecting cars as I have listening to your podcast. Uh, and it's always fantastic to check in and see it. But of course, there's a great story as to how it was founded, why you're here, and, and, and what the purpose of the brand is and what you're hoping to achieve. So I guess it'd be fun to, to dive in and, and learn a bit more about you, really, and, and where it started and how what's brought you here to this lovely office in Putney. Yeah, good. Well, as you can see, we're running out of space in this office, yeah. so we won't, we won't be here for much longer as we, we find a home for, uh, for more people. But we, look, we didn't start very long ago. It's 18 months old as from our, the, our first auction ending in June 2019. Um, and we've just celebrated our biggest month ever at the end of November with 209 cars sold, value of £7.2 million. Pounds. Uh, and you, you mentioned the podcast, which is where I met Dave, and, uh, and this journey began with Dave, I, I think you said a year ago to the year. day almost. And uh, we were sort of fumbling around with, you know, 20 cars being sold a month um, and starting to sort of position ourselves. I think we all felt we could sense there was an opportunity here and, and Dave um, could sense it as well, which is why, why he joined us. And Dave's from a technical background, which I'm sure we'll go into in a moment. But it's amazing even the, you know, the journey over the last 11 months that we've gone from selling 20 cars a month to 200, over 200 cars a month. So yeah, it's been an incredible year. I guess but, it's no secret that you had, you're from a, a family of car sales. I am, you, yeah, so. yeah. Third um, generation car dealer, yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the family bloodline is, is running proud. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, and you, you mentioned, so David, you're, I'm guessing, not from a car sales background. My, my background's programming. Um, right. I'm a bit of a nerd at heart and started programming when I was a teenager. Um, and it was a hobby that became a job. Fantastic. Uh, but obviously with an interest in cars as well. So the minute I started earning money, I was out buying my Ford Capris and Opel Mantas and XR2s. Uh, so yes, the, the, the two interests have always gone, not necessarily uh, professionally hand in hand, that came later, but uh, it was the technology that started the whole journey. Brilliant. Fantastic. So talk me through, let's, uh, let's assume I don't know anything about what collecting cars is as a, as a format, but let's say I have a car that I might be interested in selling. Why, why would I, as a, as a seller, go to collecting cars as opposed to putting it on eBay myself or Auto Trader or trying to perhaps get a sale or return deal from a dealership somewhere in the UK? Yeah. Well, let's, I'll try my hardest to do the sales pitch or I'll bring the sales team in and they can pitch it to you. Well, there's a few, a few things really. Um, now, speed is obviously one thing. You know, we, our auctions last for seven days. So rather than going to list the car yourself, having to deal with multiple telephone calls of tyre kickers or whatever they might be, dealing with the trade, cold calling you, um, you know, we, we put an auction together for, for seven days. So hopefully if the, if the reserve is right, within seven days, you're going to have sold your car. And that, that's one element of it. It's curated. So we won't have six white M3s finishing tonight at all the same. You know, we, we consider all of the um, cars that we get offered to us and we really find the best cars at the best value to, to offer out to our audience. And, and so we never have multiples of the same cars ending on the same night. So in, in an ideal world, we'd hope if you arrive on our website each day, there'll be, there'll be something ending and something starting. 
um, and that'll be from 205 GTI to 250 GTO. We haven't got the GTO yet, but we're, we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're working on it. Obviously, a big seller is the fact it's free yes. for, for um, to sell with us. Like our motto, list for free, sell for free, hassle free. Um, now, there is a, a fee to the buyer, which is 5% plus VAT. Um, based on the auction model out there, uh, the, the general costs are between 10 and 15% plus VAT to a buyer's premium. And most auction houses charge between 5 and 10% seller's fee as well, plus a fee for photography, plus a fee to submit your car. Um, and you know we saw an opportunity to disrupt that model, um, which is exactly what we we've done. And, and just going back to this year again, you know, at the start of the year, you know, we had a feeling of of the size of the market for us, and and we've got some numbers written on the whiteboard just out in the office there. And w within since January, we are the UK and Europe's biggest auction platform for oh, wow. uh, and that physical or online for um, for collectible cars so can I ask do you think that COVID has actually been a benefit to the business because people have been sat in front of their computers literally thinking oh I wonder what I can browse today and and, and out of, more out of boredom thinking oh like no I can I can buy a car now that I you know I don't have to go to work every day I can work from home and just drive it on leisurely weekends has that do you think it's been a benefit to, to you this year or have I got it completely wrong and has it actually been a well, it, 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 undoubtedly, it has been a benefit, although we don't want to give COVID uh, <laughs> the, 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 the credit, but, uh, but it, you know, it, it has helped us. You know, no, no one knew how to deal with lockdown the first time. Car dealers closed. You know, private individuals probably, if, you know, if they called a car dealer in the first week of April, said, you know, I've got a Ferrari for sale, would you be interested? I think the car dealer probably would have said, look, mate, you know, we don't know when we're going to be open, so I probably don't want to buy it. So we might have been, you know, one of the few portals that you could have, or avenues you could have gone to to sell sell your car. But but at the time, and again, just look, looking back, how much changed this year? You know, there were four of us in in March, um, pr pretty much handling these inquiries. And when we came out of the other side of COVID, you know, our record months have been post. COVID. So I think luckily that the, we weren't too stressed, were we, during COVID? We had nice weather, we we're walking the dogs and, uh, and, and getting ourselves ready for the influx of inquiries that came really post-COVID. I think we or did po see... Post-lockdown, should I say, sorry. We did see a massive shift in traffic because we get a lot of traffic on mobile uh, phones and we saw that shift to the desktop during that period. Right. And that was quite measurable. Um, and I think the whole, you know, working from home, everyone's suddenly Zooming and becoming more comfortable with a much more online world. You know, we've all been promised this for a long, long time. And all of a sudden we're, we're living it. Yeah. And I, so I think people just became that much more comfortable with the whole process. Fantastic. Mm. So I guess the, there'll be a lot of people who are sat at home um, who, who will be familiar with the site, but perhaps aren't fully clued up on exactly how it works. And I guess uh, one of the questions that was brought to me actually by a couple of people I've mentioned before coming down to record with you today is, oh, are you going to their warehouse? Assuming you've got this <laughs> aircraft hangar somewhere full of all these cars that you're yeah. listing, but that's not the case at all, is it? No, it, it's not. And So I, it, one of the reasons I started this, so, you know, I spent the last 
10, 12 years of my life traveling around the world to mm. classic car events and classic car auctions. And I've bought quite a few cars at these various auctions. And normally I'm stood somewhere at the front of the auction house, or the, in front of the auctioneer, and I buy a car because I walk past the black Porsche that was sort of parked by the front of the tent. And when I get it home, I realize I never really looked at it. And, and it's not quite the car I thought I, I, I bought. Uh, and when you look at something online, you know, you've got seven days, we've got 200 photos in most cases. You can flick through every photo before you bid. Um, and and that, that is a, you know, you don't physically, you can go and see the car. We encourage people do go and view the cars. Mm -hmm. However, when you've got 200 photos there and the comfort of your own home, you can then go and sort of open up a new browser, click in the chassis number, go onto a forum, say, hey, I'm looking at bidding on this 911 from 2009. What do you guys think? Hey, be careful of the engines. They Sometimes they blow up. You go and read the thing. Oh, it's had the engine rebuilt by that company. Call the company. You saw this car. Did You re You can do a lot of research sat at your desk yeah. before you bid on the car. And I think Perfect. that you, know, you don't have to go and see it. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and in this current time where COVID is still very much a thing, yeah. um, that is a great luxury to a lot of people. They don't want to go and visit showrooms. We had a podcast uh, the beginning of, or the later end of November last year with Mike Brewer, who um, I, I posed the question, do you think we're, we're at the beginning of the end of showrooms? And his immediate answer without any hesitation was, yeah, absolutely. It, it, has, yeah. To, it has to be going away now because yeah. so many people are now dead set on the idea of click and collect absolutely everything. Hyundai, yeah. for example, as a car dealer, you can buy a Hyundai brand new car sat at home on your laptop, open up a new tab, click the car you want in the color, those wheels, that interior, done. And the car will be delivered to yeah. you. You don't need to go and see a, a showroom, a salesman, shake anyone's hand. It's all done online. So this effectively is, is for the collectible cars. The, the answer, isn't it? The answer that no, well, the answer to the question that nobody really knew they had. Also, I think it's um, important from the seller's perspective as well that the car doesn't have to leave your home. So yeah. I've sold cars in the past. You either send them off to a dealer and hope, uh, or you try and sell it from home. And then, you know, we all know what it's like trying to sell a car. And strange people turn up. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> whereas with this model, what is it? Nine out of 10 cars aren't viewed, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in person. 98% um, of the cars we've sold have not been seen. Wow. Um, so it's, it's a great comfort to the seller that you're not going to be messed about. Anyone who does come and see the car has been vetted, not vetted by us, but they've had to register on the platform and um, you know, give us their credentials. Uh, so it's a, from someone who's sold cars like this in the past, it, mm. it's, it solves a problem. It's, it's not sale or return. It's not classified. It's not sending a car away to an auction. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a lower risk. It's a much more comfortable place to be. And that's a very good point. You, know, I, I struck, you asked why would you use collecting cars. There are, there are actually many reasons. Mm. Um, and it, we, you know, we don't have it all. We don't have the market you know, tied up, by the way. It's sure. just you know, there's things we've identified. I'm sure you've heard of Coy's Auction House yes, before. You know, I have heard of uh, it. They have <laughs> a, a, a reputation uh, beholds them. So yeah, you send yeah. a car to Coy's. 
Um, they set, the seller sets a reserve of 20,000. Coys decide to sell it on the day to someone for 15,000. They take the 15,000, the guy drives off in the car. Mm. The owner calls up a couple of months later to say, um, have you got my car? Because I noticed it didn't reach reserve. Oh, oh no, we, we sold it. Jeez. Oh, right. Um, you know, it's it, a scary th- th- world. Th- those stories are not unfamiliar. And that's an auction house. Yeah. You've got, you know, there's a Porsche specialist up north recently, which Dave, I think, has had some dealing with, mm. de- dealings with. You know, they are well known for taking your car on sale or return, selling it, not returning your calls anymore, disappearing with your money. Um, But with this, the car stays with you until you're paid. Um, Now, we've got a team of guys out here, so there's a lot of due diligence that's done between point of contact with us to say, hey, I've got my 911 to sell, Mm. to getting the photography, writing the description, doing our research, knowing that that person really exists. You know, there's a, there's a lot that happens uh, rather than just taking some photos, sticking it up on the internet for seven days and hoping it sells. You know, yeah. there's a, there's a t- t- team here to support buyers and sellers. So talk me through that process then. So let's imagine um, I've got my Z3M Coupe, I'm thinking about selling it. Yep. I drop you guys a call or an email. Yep. How does it begin? Do I need to do anything in the way of description or photos or is that all handled by you? So uh, f- first conversation is, um, hi, how are you? <laughs> Thanks for offering your car. Um, I, I, the truth is the, the first conversation is really about the reserve and making sure that we're both aligned on, okay, really like the sound of your car. What's your expectations? Hey, I think it's worth 12,000 pounds. Yep, we're happy with that. Very happy to take it on the platform. Um, photography, can you do the photography yourself? Would you like us to help arrange photography? So that's then done. You fill in a form online, very simple, um, and then that goes off to our copywriters um, who will have some dialogue with you over the course of a couple of days whilst we craft the description. At the same time, the photography is being organized, and then they come in together. We form the listing, get you to approve the description that it's true and correct and then the auction lot goes, goes live for seven days. Yeah. I have to ask, how often do you have these discussions where seller is dreaming of a, a sale price that is so far in the clouds? That uh, it's... That's, a, that's a very good point. Uh, less and less as, oh, good. The, as the days go by. You know, one, one thing, again, that, w- that we wanted to, to do with the platform is about transparency. You know, we've now got 1,400, the best part of 1,400 sold lots on the system. I think we've sold 21 205 GTI. So <laughs> for a 205 GTI seller to call us and say, I want 25,000 pounds, you know, we've got 20 data points to tell us what a 205 GTI is worth. Now, of course, uh, a, a white one with no sunroof is worth more than a red one with 250,000 miles and a sunroof. So, you know, we know all that at 1.9, 1.6, etc., etc. Um, it's but, been a really interesting, especially over the summer. And again, I, I have been one of these people that with a, a bit more spare time on my hands at the beginning of lockdown and putting myself onto furlough and whatnot, I spent a lot of time window shopping on cars and doing all sorts of things. And uh, one of the most interesting talking points between me and uh, my particular group of friends is 996 Turbos. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at one on your website right now. I've got my laptop open in front of me. I'm looking at 996 Turbo. I, I had one of these at 2002, same year. And I owned it in the, at that bizarre time where 911 prices just went crazy. I bought the car from a friend for a very fair price, uh, motored around it for a year or two, and then sold it for a little bit more than I paid. And it was, we're, we're talking in the 30,000s here. Yeah. I remember at the beginning of the lockdown seeing, um, so we're, we're talking uh, March, April, May time, 2020, uh, looking at 
996 turbos, which, as far as I was concerned, were selling for between 35 and 45. Suddenly, there were cars selling for 24,000 pounds. Yeah. And a couple of friends of mine that still have 996 turbos were going, oh, bloody hell, is this, is this what they're worth now? Yeah. And I think that is such a, a crucial point when it comes to, and I'll use 911s as a perfect example, because I think the 911 market, not just for turbos, but for anything, any, any era, any shape of 911, Porsche Club GB is such a powerful and influential club. And I think as it's no secret that the club have been doing what they can to make sure and maintain the value of their cars is what they want them to be. Um, but of course, as soon as a car starts selling for a certain price, be that 15, 20,000 pounds less than what people expect, suddenly people have to sit up and go, oh, crikey. And I've always worked on the basis of anything, not just cars, but cars, houses, dogs, anything. A product is only worth what somebody's willing to pay Absolutely, for. Absolutely, yeah. So it's been fascinating to look at the sale values here. And the other one I keep scrolling back to, and again, a car I've owned and, and loved for many, many years. I had a E46 M3. You've got one on your site at the moment. That 996 turbo, by the way, with three days to go, is currently sat at eighteen thousand five hundred. Yeah, the paint to sample one is that the is that the car? Is, is the, the jade green or is no? That, it's no, the silver. Oh, it's silver. a silver. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, the other one, and again, the values of these fluctuating high and low. I, I got great joy from my two thousand two E forty six M three. I bought it for six thousand pounds and sold it a few years later for eight, which yeah, I thought was you're quite the car brilliant. Okay. I know. <laughs> always, always accidental. Yeah. <laughs> always accidental. But. I, I'm looking at that now, and I remember selling it for eight grand, thinking, "Bloody hell, I've got lucky here!" Like that's yeah. that's just that's silly now, you know, to, to make that sort of money in a couple of years on a on a car that's not particularly that rare. Uh, but I'm looking at this one. Admittedly, it has done thirty-four thousand miles. I'm looking at this one. The current bid is twelve thousand five hundred with six days yeah, to go. I know, yeah. and I'm thinking, bugger, should I? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> should yeah. I have held on to yeah. my E46 because I've now been looking at a lot more money. Well, the big thing with a lot of these cars, you know, with the, the you know, I, I, I'm not a I, I like electric cars, but yeah. you know the, the the rise of the electric car is bringing back this sort of E46 manual M3 as something as far more uh, you know it's a car to engage with. But you know, the an electric car is like an iPhone; it's just a, it's just a tool now. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Do you think um, again? I've given you the opportunity here to to perhaps. Um, be a little bit big-headed, but do you think you you are controlling market values of cars, or not controlling, but influencing market values of cars? I know. Well, I definitely. It's not for me to be big-headed about, you know, because you know we we are nothing without our sellers, sure. and we are nothing without our buyers. So the market controls the market. Uh, we just host it. Um, you know, that's uh, we we don't we, we have no ability to manipulate prices. Um, and you know that does go on. It, 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 oh, go, it goes on in the in the car world. I don't want to open too much of a, a scary can of worms in the yeah. in the car auction world, but I, I I won't mention any brand names at all. But I I've heard stories from more than one on more than one occasion from various people. And my story came from a car, a very well known car storage and logistics company, who explained uh, they had a Ferrari F40. It's going back a couple of years now, in their unit, and uh, it had just been sold at one of the big auctions. That's all I'll say. And I said, uh, I'd seen the publicity of the car go through. F40 is a, is a poster car for me. That's one of my dream cars. So, of course, whenever one goes into an auction or goes up for sale, I'm always reading the adverts and seeing what they sell for. And I said, oh, I've seen this. It's gone for the best part of a million quid, isn't it? There or thereabouts. And, and the hammer did go down, I think, just shy of a million quid. Yeah. And the owner of the car storage company, um, who is a very reputable and, and um, lovely person, well-known in the industry, said... Yeah, but you know that that's not actually what it sold for. 
And I, I was kind of taken, taken aback by that because yeah. I thought, well, but that, that's what the hammer went down for. And he told me this story of how on multiple occasions now there are cars going into auction where the sale is already agreed. Yeah. There is a buyer has already agreed they're going to buy that car for that price. And I think in this case, I'm not exaggerating when I say the car sold for around, it was less than £500,000 this particular F40, but the hammer went down over £900,000. And it turned out that the the auction room itself was nothing more than a pantomime. Well, three beautiful bat-designed Alfa Romeos recently sold and for $15 million. That, That deal was underwritten before the auction even happened, which is that, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, that's facts for the people that need to know the facts. Yeah. But, but then again, my concern with it is that, of course, if I, were, if I were a man that was incredibly rich and had six Ferrari F40s, and I wanted the market value yeah. of my six Ferrari F40s to be a million quid each, yeah. and I could pretend that I'd sold one for a million, suddenly I've got six million quid's worth of cars in the garage. No, that, that, that is, that's absolutely true. And, and I think for me, again, that's something I don't, that, that's the whole reason why collecting cars yeah. exists, because I, I just don't like that. You know, you, no, exactly. you go and sit in an auction, there's 100 cars selling, it's not a very good day, so they only sell 30% of them. But they don't leave the other ones unbid. They bid them all the way up to the reserve, give or take, and then don't sell them. But yeah. what that doesn't help you to know is if, if you've got a DB4 in the garage and it's been bid up to 400,000, but the last real bid was actually 200,000. Yeah. You think your car's worth 400,000 when actually no. it, it, it isn't, yeah. Is there any um, car that you've been surprised at how either well or not badly it's done, but something you thought to yourself, you know, what, I would have thought that, or generally a, a group of cars would do much better. Like in terms of thinking about what maybe modern classics um, would be now, like can you start to see trends in your sales being like, we should keep an eye on more of those because of what we're getting back from the data that we've got. Um, well, that's what, well, D- Dave's our data man, but I, I, we're definitely, as I said again, you know, 1,400 cars, wind the clock back yeah. six months ago. We didn't have that much data, but we've got more and more data. We've got 23,000 users on the site now, and we've got, I think, I, think, I, I mean, know what the average bid is. We've got 30-odd bids on average per car, so there's a, a can't, lot. can't quite answer that question, but... In a similar vein, what we do see is when we do something different, suddenly we'll get two or three more of them presented. So we had a bit of run on aerial atoms for a while, didn't we? Where we get the first one and then that sets the mark. And then suddenly we've got three or four coming in the next month. Um, So, you know, new stuff comes along and new markets get set. We've got quite, you know, there's obviously quite a spread of age uh, of cars on our site and some cars have got warranty, some cars don't have warranty. And and to answer your question, Amy, there was a car that we sold last night from a brand that does have a bit of a stigma about it, that if you own one out of warranty, you should be careful, (laughs) which, and the high bid on that car last night was a trade bid and and they, they bought the car. Um, but it, it, it surprised me there weren't any more retail private bidders on the car. And that's because they are genuinely worried about buying that type of car out of warranty. Um, which, yeah, you know, that, that we can, we, you know, these are all trends that we can start, the more and more data we get that we, we, can, uh, we can track. Mm. How often do you say no to a car? 
Um, yeah, so we had, uh, I think we were 801 um, inquiries in November, incoming inquiries wow. as to we want to consign our car with you. Yeah. Um, you know, we try not to say no if possible, but we do say no quite a lot. And, and that's either down to just the type of car, it just doesn't suit our platform or our fee structure, mm -hmm. um, or, or, or they want too much money. Um, and, and we're becoming a lot firmer with with wanting too much money, you know. And we we don't certainly don't expect people to give us cars at no reserve, or if they've got an eight twelve Ferrari that is worth two hundred, we're not saying we'll only have it at one hundred and seventy. You know, we'll, we will take it at market value. But what is important to us is when someone does consign a car with us, they genuinely want to sell it. Because um, what we don't want to do is get towards the end of the auction, we're, in, we're within 5 or 10% of its true value, and they're not really willing to engage in the process. Because what we have noticed is if a car is sold at, at no reserve on our platform with 24 hours to go, the, the bidding excitement ramps up. Yes. Um, and and, and if, so if they buy into our process, it, it really benefits them ultimately in, in their pocket. And do you do you have have you had much um, or, or many volume of cars that haven't got to reserve? Does it often happen, or do you think your your pre-chat is good enough to have that discussion? You've obviously you've got some fantastic brains here in the office that know pretty much what stuff's worth. Uh, do you think it's are you fairly lucky with that? Uh, well, uh, again, um, it's, it's improving all the time. So our sale through rates about eighty five percent from from January until now. Uh, which is remarkable. So when people say, "What well, you know, we don't list, for example, on our website, cut unsold cars. Um, and, and we've had a bit of stick from that, from the, the various forums around there, because they suggest we're not being transparent by not listing unsold cars. But if you give us your 996 Turbo to sell and you want 30,000 for it, and that's a fair value, and on the day it's only bid up to 25,000, we don't feel like we've got the right to list it on our platform that it was only bid to 25,000 because that doesn't really help you no. in your onward journey to go and sell the car. But 15%, I think, is, is pretty good for the industry in terms of unsold cars. And, you know, they, and they, might be, they might not sold. It's not always down to the reserve. Just might, we might have not had the eyes on the site that night looking for a Plymouth Barracuda that we had for sale last night. You know, we, we, that was below reserve, but we just might have not had the bidders last night. Yeah, a few, few cars we've run again. Yeah, they've subsequently sold. So. Yeah, you know, we series one Land Rovers. You know, we had one car from Scotland in our early days, and I was so adamant that I wanted to sell it. I think we ran it four times, and we eventually sold it. And the funny thing was, you know, this no doors, no windscreen. The the car was up in uh, up in Aberdeen, and a guy bought it from Devon, <laughs> and he was wow. oh, right. Shall I? Go? And that was actually in, in the middle of lockdown. Shall I go and drive it back? I I would do that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think he did in the end. <laughs> so so far, like, all of the auctions are online, and would you want to like play on the theatrical side as such of an actual you know sit in auction? Is that something that you want to kind of keep away from? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, we don't. It, it's not. You know, we we are open minded to anything. I, I think it would be wrong to say that, but we're also very clear what our business model is and what it isn't and what we don't want to all of a sudden do is think oh wouldn't it be nice to have a big warehouse on the outside of London to stick the cars in you know the moment we start doing that we incur overheads and ultimately with any business if we incur overheads that has to pass on to our users and we don't want 
the costs to be passed on to our users. Well, you know, this is a, you know, we're a startup business. Sell it, sold 7.2 million pounds worth of cars last month, 45 million pounds year to date, and we're in a very modest office mm. here in London. There's no bean bags or or, or, or <laughs> coffee mach- coke, coke machines or whatever. You know, it's you know, we, we, we're modest, and and we we want to build the business on that modesty as well. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that's the biggest um, benefit you have over a dealership? Because obviously you had, you've had a lot of experience in the dealer side of things. Do you think that the, the, the fact that you haven't got those overheads is, is the biggest benefit? Or do you miss certain things about the dealer side of things um, that you're trying to bring into collecting cars? Or? I, I, I miss none of it. Really? Um, and, and, you know, we've got a young team. You know, Dave, Dave's our, 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 our oldest, <laughs> and, and he's only 21. <laughs> no, 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 but, I, you know, and I, but I, I've got to say, I've been so impressed with... with um, Dave's input into what we're doing because we're, and you know we have we're having our monthly meeting this morning um, and we just don't want to think in any traditional way if there's another way of doing it that's the way we want to do it we, we don't we don't want to um, go down the well-forged path we want to forge our own um, our own path well-trodden path sorry <laughs> yeah um, yeah, so we, no, we, 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 do we want a showroom? No. Do, do we want big overheads? No. Uh, we want to be mobile. We want to be able to work from home if we need to be able to work from home. You know, we all, literally we can run our auctions off a phone. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And then in terms of your own kind of publicity, we briefly touched on the podcasts that yeah. you've been doing. They must be fascinating, some of the people that you get to meet and talk about what their love for cars and what cars they wish they hadn't sold. And um, yeah, tell me more about some of those people that you've got to chat to. So, you know, when did we start our first podcast? In March 2019 or something like that. I think Max Gerardo was our first one and that journey's escalated. I think we're heading on for two million downloads on the on the podcast now. Um, and I think we touched on Martin Brundle just a, a moment ago and, you know, sat with a guy that a lot of us are used to just hearing on the TV on a Sunday watching the Grand Prix. You know, his backstory, I just find it amazing. And the, and the cars his dad had and then he had and sort of nicked the cars off the back of the forecourt. He thought no one would recognise so he could go and race them. You know, it's funny, those are the things my father did as well when he was growing up. If I was to do them now, you know, I'd be having to nick the new sort of F8 out the front of the showroom <laughs> to go and do a track day with. It's not quite the same as taking the sort of car hidden, hidden, hidden around the uh, rid, hidden around the back. So you've never nicked like a car from your, your I, dad. I, prob- I, I probably have, yeah, and, and, and I probably crashed it, and I've probably gotten a lot of trouble, which is why I'm here, I'm the outcast. <laughs> That's awesome. Are there any cars that you are really looking forward to getting that phone call, that initial email? There's somebody who phones up saying, I have got a insert car here. Is there, is there anything okay, yet? Do you want to answer that from your perspective? Or, or, or follow-on question, anything that's really surprised you, you've kind of gone, oh, I'm not sure, but okay, we'll give it a go, and it's turned out to be... We've had some bizarre gel. things. What was that sort of off-roading bicycle type thing? Fully articulating. Oh, that was. That, oh, oh, um, I'll have to call someone yeah. in in a minute. Oh, oh, what was that called? I can't remember. We, there, we've there taken on a... some, and we've done sort of kids, uh, not quite pedal cars, motorised toy cars and things. So, we're, and we've done. Yeah, so we yeah. had a nine seventeen on that, and, and and that that's actually it's it's not so much the car that's interesting; it's the bidders that are interesting. Assuming it's not children. No, no. <laughs> 
Well, no, I, I was, I, actually, we did pretty well in December last year. A few of them got bought sort of last day before Christmas for, for Christmas gifts, and etc. But, you know, we, we've sold cars to a Russian billionaire. Um, you know, we've got bidders from 60 countries. It, it's amazing. You know, we got we're sort of... No, no one's bid on a car until a minute to go, and all of a sudden we've got a guy from Singapore and a guy from Hong Kong bidding against each other on a car. I don't, I don't think it's, it's not one particular car we're hanging out for, it's just that variety. Yeah. That, the fact that it is curated and we will time listings so that we get a good mix of cars all the time and a good range of prices and a good range of interest groups. Um, we're just always looking for something different. Yeah. That's probably, uh... the, uh, what, that's actually one thing I love about just the team and what we do is that we will get as excited over a five grand car as we will a 500 grand car. And one thing, just going back to the sellers and the buyers, so our fee is 5% plus VAT, but it's capped at 5,000 pounds. So any car over 100,000 pounds will only ever attract a 5,000 pound plus yeah. VAT fee. Which when you're then comparing to the likes of Coys or yeah. Bonds or... Yeah, Correct, so, so yeah, we're talking about then 10 to 15%. We yeah. sold a 2.7 RS two weeks ago for £538,000, including VAT, the premium that buyer paid was 1.1%. Um, yeah. Which, to, you know, it's funny, we were sat with someone the other day and they were like, oh my goodness, you know, if I sold a, a £500,000 car for 1%, I'd lose my job. But, you know, we, that's, we, that's what we're about in, and we'll have as many of them and charge everyone 1%. You know, I'm looking forward to when we sell a million pound car and charge someone five thousand pounds, you know, not a hundred thousand pounds, which is what the fee would, would would normally be, which is which is amazing, yeah. And do you have that halo car, that that sort of first million pound, or is this? No, well, we haven't no, haven't been offered it yet, um, so I, I, I'm I'm sure it'll come, and I don't think it's too far away. Fantastic. Yeah, I don't think it's too far away. We, you know, again, you know, we are humbled by the audience that we've built organically you know this is we haven't gone paid to find these users these are people that have willingly come onto our site put their credit card detail in and, and got bidding it's you know it's, it is it's remarkable so with that very humble approach that you've had up till now has there been a car which has made you think you know what this is a success and i'm so proud of where we've got to was there a certain sale that made you think yeah look at what we've managed to yeah do. i think probably a 2.7 rs um and and again that comes down to you know why collecting cars well, we'll sell your car in seven days. And, you know, I, I, I'm sure both of you spend some time flicking around on the internet, look, looking at cars, looking at, you know, these magazines that we've got on the table here. It's quite common that you flick through those. Wasn't that car there six months ago? You know, a lot of these cars sit in showrooms for a long time, um, which that's no fun, really. You know, it's quite cool if you're a car dealer, you get a cool car in the first day and you look at, look at it for a few weeks. But... I can tell you, you don't feel the same way about that car, regardless of how valuable it is, if you're still looking at it in six months' time. Nobody wants you know, to stay in stock. They only make money if the car sells. Absolutely. Yeah. You've got an RS at the moment on, haven't you? A 73 2.7 RS. That's a, a replica. Uh, oh, it's an I evocation, think, uh, I've evocation, just noticed. Which is yeah. just as cool, to be honest. It know, is cool. It's the same thing. It is cool. Three days to go at £50,000. I expect that will probably go up a tad. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's that's absolutely brilliant. No, it's look, we, we you know we we're, we're still working very hard. We've got an awful lot to achieve, and as I say, we had our monthly meeting this morning. And whilst walking into work with the dogs, you know, Dave and I, we wouldn't be where we were really without each other now, because this is not just about being a car dealer. You know, we are a technology business that happens to sell cars, and and we're on we're about to launch our fourth iteration of the 
of the website, aren't we? It's been a journey in 12 months. Yeah. So you, you mentioned the, the international buyers and you've got people all over the world. I've noticed that in recent weeks and months that there have been additional offices opening up elsewhere around the world. Yeah, well, not, 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 not offices, but oh, okay. we, we've got a, we've got a team, team in Australia now. Um, and as of January, we're going to be moving uh, at full pace into, into Europe as well. You know, Euro, Europe's a huge opportunity. So one of the uh, our version fours of the website is going to be full, uh, you know, multilingual, etc. New FAQs. So if you if you're in Italy, you don't look at the same thing that the guy in England's looking at. It's mm-hmm. it's more catered to you. Um, yeah. So we're we're ready ready for to take on the the the, the rest of Europe now. Fantastic. Yeah. And. With that in mind, what does the future look like? Because just before we hit the record button on this podcast, and, and a full disclaimer to the listeners, so we're currently sat here pre-Christmas uh, in, in uh, the very first day of December. It's, it seems crazy to say that, but here we are. Um, you're right now, in present time, about to launch something very excited. By the time the listener is listening to this, they will now know about it. Yeah. So why don't you tell us about this, this other new, would you call it a side chapter? It's not a, it's not a new, not a next it's, chapter. It's, a, it's whole, a whole new business that will be run by a whole new team team um, with Dave's underlying technology running it um, but this is watchcollecting.com so it'll be a 24-7 online auction platform for watches. Now if I give you a bit of a feel for what the watch industry charge you to sell a watch the buyer the seller pays between 5 and 15 percent seller's premium and the buyer pays between 25 and 35 percent seller's premium at watchtocollecting.com, you can list for free, sell for free, <laughs> and we'll charge you 5% plus VAT as a buyer's premium. Wow, that's yeah. really going to stir so, things up, so isn't we, it? <laughs> we, we, uh, it? You know, it's, a, it's about volume. It's intentionally disruptive. Um, but, you know, we, we, we want to be able to buy and sell, or we want our users to be able to buy and sell watches without being hit by these extortionate fees. Yeah, and we, and we think we've now got the technology... It is it's very much, you know, we, we sat down many months ago and mapped out our potential journey. And for me, that was about extracting the technology from the equation slightly um, so that we, we're not just a car brand and business. Um, you know, there's more to it. There's, we've, we've built a platform. We've learned a lot in the last 12 months about what's required to, to service these auctions. Uh, so we're looking at how else can we use that technology. Fantastic. So then... Collecting houses, collecting, well, collecting knows, aeroplanes, collecting houses, helicopters, a- a- aeroplanes, boats, <laughs> boats. You know, it, it, it's there. It's there to be looked at. You know, we, as I say, you know, we we have got big am- ambitions, but yeah. you know, the business is based on profitability. So you know, this is not some highly funded business that uh, the car zoos of the world, where you know, massive offices and you know, yeah. it's London taxis wrapped. You know, we, we want our our growth to be real and, and organic and, be, and based on profitability. Yeah. yeah, and I'm guessing you, you're both here, like, like we all are, like everyone in this office is right now, you're here catering to this market because that's the market you have a passion for. Yeah? We all work in this industry, the automotive world, because we love cars. We love cars, we love bikes. I'm guessing you're probably not going to get yourself associated into anything you haven't got a real passion for because, of course, then it becomes hard work, doesn't it? The, the, there's the old motto, find a... A working world in which you enjoy and never work a day in your life. Yeah, that 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 is that is true, and I think cars does bind us all together. I think there is a natural crossover between 
watches and cars. But, but I've got to say, personally, for me, and I guess Dave w w might have a slightly different question. You know, I'm hugely motivated by the, the business and learning. Um, and and when, when I started collecting cars, you know, I was a car dealer buying and selling um, classic cars. Obviously, I've been with my family business be before that. But, you know, my, my father's built that business up over the last 50 years. You know, he, he, he's, his name's really attached to that. You know, fine, I could have taken it on, but it's not really my success or my name. And, and, and I, I, wanted to, I want to learn how to build a business um, and every element of it. So that, that really motivates me. Personally. And what does the family think? I think they quietly like it, you know, yeah. I think it's, it's funny when I, when I speak to my mother, she's like, oh, so how many staff have you got now? <laughs> <laughs> and and, but, and, my, and my, my father, he sort of will be having dinner and he'll be looking at his phone, is that, uh, like, what's that 2.7 RS, is that ending this evening? So, you know, they're, they're, they're definitely looking, <laughs> they're definitely looking, yeah. <laughs> and actually, I think your... your um, your kids were asking questions, weren't they? The, yeah, the my son's so quite fascinated by the whole whole prospect, yeah. or the whole the whole process, and he's forever giving me tips about how we should be doing it on Instagram and YouTube yeah. and whatever. Which is, well, which is really relevant. You know, we've just set up our TikTok channel. You know, we want to be relevant, and that that is important. You know, we have no interest in thinking we know better because we've been at it longer. You know, we've got a, there's a young audience out there that are our future customers, so we need to interact with them. Is so. it a whole range of the people that are coming to, to you to either buy and or sell? Are they a you know, range of ages or is it like a certain demographic or? Uh, no, I would definitely, well, for 60 countries, I would yeah. say that it's difficult to pin down a demographic. You know, it, we're heavily weighted towards men and unfortunately that is the mm. car industry f for you. Yeah. Um, although we've s sold four women and we sold two women, so they're, they're there. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm still dying for a, a good female guest. It might be you, uh, Amy, <laughs> on, our, on our podcast. Um, and actually, you know, we, we've got a couple of um, ladies in the team and we, we want to try and grow that as well. Mm. So, yeah, demographic, I'm not sure. We're open-minded, <laughs> everyone. <laughs> so just before we wrap things up, this has been really, really interesting to, yeah, to hear about how this is potentially altering for the better i would say a world that we're all so familiar with with regards to market everything from market values through to the people's approach to car sales and and buying and selling cars um, what are your thoughts and opinions if any on the future of the car world because obviously we're, we're going we're entering now into quite a fascinating transition period where i think personally in in the next 10 years we'll see a lot less of car ownership but for the run-of-the-mill, the, uh, the white goods cars, you know, your Vauxhall Astras, that sort of thing. Yeah. I think far fewer of those type of cars will be owned by people. There'll be a lot more of your, your zip cars and your, your car club. You sign up and you pick up the car at the end of the road, that sort of thing. Do you think, um, is this an avenue where you think you're, you're going to avoid any dis disruption along those points? Because again, you're only really selling the cool stuff, the interesting stuff. Yeah. Um, do you think that the future the evolving car world is going to have a knock-on effect to to the business or is there anything else you're you're preparing for or, or anticipating dave i think technology and change never comes quite in the same in the way you think it does mm. it always manifests itself in a slightly different way and there will be people still enthusiastic about cars transport in the same way as they are now and they're going to have to get their kicks from somewhere yes. and so someone will cater to that and yes, electric cars might be considered white goods now. Someone's going to have to make a way of making them desirable. Mm, yeah. um, and they will, and they'll sell, and our business will go on. Yeah.
you know, we, we will evolve with the market as, as we have to do. I, I've got to say, from my own personal point of view, that the biggest fear um, for me over the course of the tech next 10 years, which, as I say, the market will adapt to, is the political correctness of driving a combustion engine car. Um, now, that doesn't mean you can't go and drive one on a racetrack or in, a, you know, in different parts of the world, but running around in central London in, um, in classic cars or uh, polluting cars is, is, gonna be, is not going to be the thing to do. So we, we're just going to have to find different ways to use our cars. Yeah, yeah. Indeed. yeah that's indeed. what we're going to have to do. Fantastic. Well, this has been a really fantastic conversation. It's been great learning more about the business and how it works. And I'm sure a lot of people listening at home will, we, we will have answered a few questions that, uh, that perhaps they would have had uh, the same as ours. Amy, any closing questions before we wrap things up? Oh, if you, of all the cars that are currently on your site now, if you could take home any one just for your own, and you have to keep it, which one would you have? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. Yeah, we'll read that. The, 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 the next one ending, I think there's, we, no, we, we've got some great cars You've on there. We've got 70 we, live at the I, moment. I'm not sure when it went live this so morning, the but there's a rather handsome 812 Superfast that I think went live this morning. Uh-huh. Um, but I would have to say, I, I am a Porsche guy, so oh, yeah. I'd probably take that to 2.7 RS. Yeah, um, replica. Yeah, that's probably the, the three that are currently closest to ending. If I've got the auctions, if I've got the site right, all ending within the next three hours. Um, there is a, uh, with reserve lowered, a 2014 458 Speciali. Yeah. Very nice in black. That is currently sitting at 198,000 pounds. Well, if you force me to take that, I'll yeah. be all right with that. <laughs> um, next to that, in a stark contrast, a, two, a year 2000 Maserati 3300 GT. I love that. Yeah. They are lovely. Yeah. It's currently, Amy, if you're interested, with well, three hours and 35 minutes to go, it's only sat at 7,800 pounds. Yeah. With a Ferrari engine, that car. It is a yeah. Ferrari mm. engine. It, I have to say, I, that, I, that surprises me. I think that's a little, Expensive. I, uh, well, they. I, I remember back in the Dick Lovett workshop days that a, a twelve thousand pound or a, let's say an eight thousand pound thirty two hundred would come in yeah. for a service, and it would go out with a thirteen thousand pound service bill. <laughs> yeah. uh, so it surprises me as well. But I guess yeah. you probably don't send a thirty two hundred uh, no. Maserati to a Ferrari dealer no, to service don't, anymore. Don't do that. No. Don't do that. <laughs> Another one, again, I won't, I won't list them all because we'll be here for four hours if I get too carried away on tangents of the cars I love, but the next car on the list happens to be, again, a car that probably 10 years ago could have been one of the best buys, and I'm sure every single petrol head in the country has at one point looked at one of these adverts and thought, what do I need to sell to get one? And it's a 850i manual. Manual, I, yeah. Yeah, BMW. Now, to find one piece. as a manual is a very, very rare thing. And the current bid, again, with just just under four hours to go on this one, is £16,000. Yeah. Um, a lot of bids on it already, though. It has, it has 35 yeah. bids on there. And again, I mean, admittedly, perhaps not for a manual, but not that long ago, an 850i or an eight, certainly an 840i, yeah. I remember looking at forums, forum sales sections, sales sections of forums, and seeing BMW 840s and 850s for around three thousand pounds. Yeah, yeah. Like, how has this yeah. happened? How did we all miss the boat? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so annoyed. Well, we're now through. relying on you to give us the trends. Yeah, yeah. fine. Well, well, like yeah, we'll try. Yeah. I'll start a WhatsApp group. To <laughs> yeah, give me a yeah. Yeah. Just don't hold me to it if I get it wrong. <laughs> Fantastic, Edward and David. Thank you both thank so you. much. It's been absolutely fascinating learning about collecting cars. Uh, it's a website I know that I will be referring back to time and time again. 
And yeah, I really look forward to seeing what happens with the watch business and uh, yeah, browsing well, that one as well. Thanks so much for coming down and Pleasure. seeing us. Pleasure. Yeah. Thank, Thank you very much. Good. Thank you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Well, you said it was a bit adverty. <laughs> Adverty. Yeah. Adverty. 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 There we go. But yeah, I mean, I hope it wasn't too adverty. But, it, you know, it, it, my idea was to try and get to the, the bottom of why the website was founded and what the future potential is. I genuinely do think, as I said in the podcast, it's a very, very exciting platform. And it's, it's yeah, it's consuming a lot of my internet window shopping time which is uh, which is very... would you allocate daily i do allocate daily it's uh, you know some people wake up in the morning first thing they do is they check instagram or they check emails i look to see what's for sale on the, on the internet i'm like just in case just in case someone's uploaded a new car at four o'clock in the morning i just want to just just want to double check so yeah brilliant now brilliant yeah Listeners, you will have noticed that there was a voice missing from that podcast and it is the voice of andy j who joins us through this mysterious world of internet cables uh, as we're now in zoom oh no well, we're not actually we're facetime um, i'm currently on your wall aren't i I'm you're right. you're currently on I'm a very big and screen in in my apartment which is uh, which is quite unsettling but uh, <laughs> also good i kind of want it to freeze you know and sometimes on a zoom call you get a very unfortunate freeze of a face and it's like just as you're scratching your ear or picking your nose or something but no, i think that won't happen i've digressed <laughs> so Andy wasn't in that podcast because you were off doing something very exciting. Uh, you were filming a new television show for Discovery Plus. And mm. Amy and I have just watched it. We've just watched episode <laughs> one, sat together. Um, now, I mean, I, I don't want to take away any glory. Why don't you tell us what the show is called? Um, you will, dear listener, if you have been joining us for many, many podcasts, all of our podcasts a few weeks ago, you will have heard a podcast where we spoke entirely about this for a whole episode with Andy's co-stars. Go for it, Andy. So I, I'm kind of keen to do this bit quickly because John and Amy are teasing me because I'm aware they've seen the episodes <laughs> or at least they've seen the first, the first show and they haven't told me what they think. And I'm at that point where it's... It's quite nervy because it came out on New Year's Eve, so it's still brand new. You know, it's still kind of in, in its infancy. And, um, yeah, I, I mean, the three of us in the show and everyone behind it put our heart and soul in it. So I'm still kind of pending judgment from, from my two buddies, and I can't <laughs> read their expressions. Uh, the show, <laughs> it's, a, it's a sort of, it's, um, it's an entertainment series with some really cool cars in, and it's called Three Men, 
All Wheels, and it's currently out on Discovery Plus. It will be available on Quest and Freeview and so on later in 2021. Um, but for now, it's on the streaming service Discovery Plus. I'm not going to do an advert for that. We've had enough adverts. But if you're interested, you can sign up for a free trial, and that's enough to watch the shows if you're into it. Anyway, that's enough of that. It's <laughs> Drew Pritchard, Marino Franchitti, incredible racing driver, uh, and me um, monkeying around with some really wicked cars. And I have to say... It's really quite good. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Watch again. It's very good, honestly. And I, I, the only kind of sneak, uh, the, the, the slight compliment I gave before we hit the record button at the beginning of the podcast was that I just wish it was half an hour longer because each episode is about 25 minutes. And yeah, the first episode we watched uh, with the F40, I was sat there thinking, oh no, it's going to end soon because it, it's just, it's great. It's very, very, very watchable, very easy to watch, very entertaining. I don't think you need to be a hardcore petrol head. So if you are at home and you, you, you cohabit with somebody who's not necessarily a car head like yourself, um, your, you know, your other half or your friend or your flatmate is probably going to enjoy it as well, even if they're not about cars, because it's just entertaining to see three blokes just having a laugh together. And Amy came up with a drinking game, actually, whilst we were oh, watching God. episode one, because of course... You know, if you are still sat at home and uh, you've got the weekend heading to, you know, coming towards you and you want to have a, a fun way of uh, drinking because we can't go to the pub anymore. <laughs> um, uh, Amy, why don't you explain what your, what your drinking game was from episode one? Of course. Well, for a start, Andy, yes, I'm going to mirror Markar's uh, words on that. Very funny. Laughed a lot when watching episode one for a start. Um, so much that I will definitely actually get my two-week free of Discovery Plus so I can watch the rest of the, the episodes. Um, anyway, whilst watching it... In the first two minutes, I, you know, we hear you describe the, the F40 and, you know, the adjective you use and I agree with is sexy. And I'm like, yeah, it is a sexy car. The word sexy came up a number of times, <laughs> <laughs> even in episode one. And I was like, oh, there it is again. Then Drew dropped a, dropped a little sex in there as well. And I thought, you know what, this, this could be an interesting drinking game. So now every, every time that something is described as sexy or the word pops up is going to be shot, I think. So that, that is the beginning of it. Either, either a shot or at least two fingers of drink. Yeah, that's, that's, I agree with that one, actually. So now I'm intrigued to know what other cars you've got, because I've not yet looked at the list, of, in the in the rest of the, the episodes to be able to think mm, which car do I think is going to be the sexiest car <laughs> I like that well do you know that I mean firstly love the sound of that game <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, the, the show kind of John sort of alluded to it you know not doesn't really matter if you're into cars or not. Mm. If you're into cars, I think it's a real treat because some of the cars and some of the access we've had to these cars is incredible. I, I, even I couldn't believe it and I was helping set the thing up. You know, there were plenty of other people involved as well, of course. But like even I was like, we've got a what? You're <laughs> kidding? Wow. You know, on a few different occasions. Um, but if you're not into cars, it, it is. It's a basically just the three of us larking around. Mm. You and, could tell that for you know, sure. Your, your, your friendship is very obvious that it, you're not just three people have been put together, that you are buddies. And that, I think, is what makes it so enjoyable to watch. And, it, well, and also, it's completely unscripted. You know, we, we go into something and all we sort of know is, right, we're going to find the car now. And that's it. You know, and mm. one of us takes charge. Each episode, one of us, one of us has chosen the car for that episode and basically the mantra for the show is convince the other two that this is worthy of being a racing icon that's it you know and we have obviously a racetrack access to and all the rest of it to kind of kind of prove it but we don't script a thing you know we don't we don't sort of say right we've got to get five minutes here or we need to talk about this or we've got to go for that we just basically faff about with each other <laughs> and because drew is naturally very funny and Marino's an extremely quick-witted Scotsman. It really worked. I mean, I basically just laugh the whole time and try and say sexy a bit. And the two of them just crack jokes. 
No, it is good. I love it. It's a, it was a very, very entertaining watch. So yeah, we urge, we urge you all, dear listeners, if you are looking for more car content, uh, then yeah, head over to Discovery Plus. As Amy says, you can get a two-week free trial. That's what I've done. Um, but then having a scroll through, there's lots of other car shows on there. So there's probably there's loads. Actually. There's a lot yeah, to keep uh, keep evenings occupied if you're uh, if if you're looking for something to do. As we can't really leave our homes at the moment. <laughs> so yes, three men, four wheels on Discovery Plus. I urge you to go and check it out. Check. I it have out. one question for you two because thank you very much for watching it. That's I all right. Really, I appreciate the support and the nice words. <laughs> um, so I almost lost a lung laughing when Drew was at the racetrack trying to get it. <laughs> was it funny to the viewer as well? Yes. Because like being there, I, I just, I couldn't see at one point because there were tears in my eyes. I'm glad you it brought it up because I, I almost forgot to say it. Yeah, there is a scene where, and you'll find it in episode one, there's a scene where Drew is trying his best to get into a Ferrari F40 race car and it's, it's magical. It's a magical, magical moment. It's, prime television viewing it's going to be clipped into memes 100 100 i think the the, the the point where it did look like drew was birthing you andy i think it was actually was the favorite <laughs> he is heavy I, I don't think it's clear how much how much i'm i'm carrying his weight at certain moments as well i don't think you guys saw that i'm sure i've sustained some long-term back injury at the back of it he's like a, he's like a uh, He's like a little French bulldog, isn't he? He's just like pure stock. So there's, there's, a, lot, there's a lot of mass to him. You say, you say stock, it's basically curry and beer. <laughs> I was, I'm trying to be polite. That's all it is. That's all it is. Well, and, and scotch eggs, of course. Um, yeah, no, thank you, guys. I really appreciate that. Pleasure. Uh, so, hey, listen, it's the Driven Chat podcast. We should get back to, back to what we're doing here. Um, why should they come back next week, John? Yes, please do come back next week because, again, you're going to find a very similar format. Uh, where we are recording remotely. This is going to be the new norm for a little while, uh, just until we figure out what on earth is happening with the world, i.e. can we use our truck again? Can we actually sit in the same studio space as each other, uh, plus guest? Uh, but we are desperate and destined to keep bringing you weekly content. Um, and fortunately, we have a few conversations that we have pre-recorded. Um, one of those is what's going to be hitting your ears next week. Uh, and that's quite an exciting conversation. Again, Andy steps out of that because he, again he was off filming his TV show but Amy and I sat down with Alex and Matt from a wonderful website and YouTube channel called Camber and Combustion and um, if you are a keen track day driver or just consumer of internet videos chances are you will know Camber and Combustion already you will have either seen their videos on YouTube or, or seen them on Instagram these are two friends both uh, have experience as professional racing drivers that have now taken their um, fantastic ability as track day drivers to, or as racing drivers to track days um, and just have the most hilarious fun driving together in very unexciting cars. So you might automatically think, oh no, track days, that means they're going to be driving near Ferraris and GT3s and things I can't afford. No, these guys are rocking around in, in Peugeots and Renaults. We're talking you know, five or six hundred quid's worth of car and having an absolute hoot. So yeah, you've got that to look forward to. If you have an interest in track days, if you have an interest in track driving, if you have an interest in genuinely improving the way that you drive, next week's episode is going to be right up your Strasse. There we are. I was hoping, I was hoping he was going to say Strasse and he did. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Listen, have a good week. Stay warm, stay well, wash your hands. We'll see you next week. 
The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. Summer's just around the corner, so give your body the care it deserves with Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Created by infusing Andaria seaweed in barrels of botanical oils, it leaves skin silky soft and glowing. Plus, it's clinically proven to improve elasticity and deeply moisturize without feeling greasy. It's safe, clean, vegan skincare. Get 10% off your first order at oseamalibu.com with code GLOW, plus free shipping on orders over $60. Oh, wow. You've made it to the end. The very end. And it's John Markar here again, reminding you that this podcast, the Driven Chat podcast, has now run its course and has come to an end. To find the new format, search the Driven podcast in your preferred podcast app or head on over to the website driven.site to find some quick and easy links through to the new episodes in the new formats on your preferred apps. Thanks. Bye.